Hey everyone, Locked On Big 12 podcast. Josh Neighbors here, joined by Chris Level, who is fresh off the plane from, from Houston, Texas, back in Lubbock, ready to talk some Red Raider football. Texas Tech gets the win last night. They go eight and five on the year. We're going to break down the season that was and some expectations that sound like uh, they will be coming for next season that's coming up next. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Once again, Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast, Chris Level from Red Raider Sports, the sideline man for Red Raider football, color commentator for the Texas Tech Red Raiders, and also one of the hosts of Locked On Red Raiders. Chris, uh... I mean, what a night. This is going to run on Friday for us, so I guess two nights ago now. But what a night for Texas Tech. Um, just absolutely taking it to Ole Miss and finishing the year at 8-5. and five. Uh, You and I talked before the season. I was kind of 5-7, and 6-6 six and six range. You were more 6-6, six and 7-5, six, and five, and even, you know, 8-win range. And you nailed it. You had a great feel for this team all year. And um, I thought they were good all year, but they really stepped up to the plate I felt like following that Baylor game and last night was a culmination of all that. They were the more motivated team. They were the more, um, their team that was just better. I thought in all the phases, forcing turnovers, making plays on both sides of the ball. And it just felt like they had the juice of Joey McGuire and even the crowd. I mean, the crowd was tremendous last night. And it, it feels like momentum is definitely on Texas tech side as we're about to turn the calendar to 2023. Yeah, yeah, Josh. I, I think that's that's all very well uh, said because I think even before the year, if you tell me that you're going to win eight games and you're going to be one of these teams that really just improves all year long and you're going to finish it off really hot, but you're going to do it with three different starting quarterbacks, I just now I'm not sure if I believe you because that's the part of this season that I mean, if, if people saw the you know, the Texas Bowl MVP and Tyler Shuck and what he's capable of. And it what, what if you would have gotten 13 games of that? Uh, and he would have been one of those guys that would have been able to, to play the majority of the games. But jo- Joey's, uh, I mean, the, the, the Texas Tech's in a good place right now. I, I think that because Joey, Joey's recruiting well, Joey's motivating well, Joey has excited people, Joey's as genuine as anybody you'll ever be around. Uh, people love him for it. And, uh, you know, Texas Tech uh, gives him a new contract. Yeah, it's just it's just interesting because both coaches in this Texas Bowl, they essentially both have new contracts. One of them comes into the, the game with a three-game winning streak and the fan base is just fired up. The other one has lost, you know, four of their last five and now five of their last six after that game. And one makes twice as much as the other, basically. And yet, if you talk to the fan bases, you would <laughs> You wouldn't. Not all eight fives are created equally, right? That's kind of how. You're exactly right, but this is a starved fan base that is very appreciative of the energy that has been injected into their football program, and I think Texas Tech is in great hands right now going forward. Yeah, you know, I think it's funny, you know, as as we're still kind of moving past the death of Mike Leach, I, and I think when I we look back at that and just think about like everything they accomplished. It was this team needs to be accomplishing, you know, what Mike Leach did. Like he did every single year, right? He was every single year. They were kind of in this range right now. And Joey McGuire did that in year number one, once again, with the carousel of quarterbacks. And also 
they're a little version, they're, they're a different version, I guess you could say, of the air raid too. You know, I, I think that's got to be mentioned uh, as part of this. But this does feel, you know, it kind of goes different ways. Do you need a guy who's from Texas to win a Texas Tech? Is there more than one way to skin a cat, right? Because Mike Leach isn't this, you know, born and bred Texas guy, right? But it, there are different ways to do this. And McGuire's way of doing it, at least in year one, it's worked. And uh, against the elite competition, sometimes it didn't it didn't always go great, but it's still his first year. And he's not he hasn't built anything yet. He hasn't gotten his players in yet. And he had to re-recruit a lot of this roster. These guys came back, bought in, and they accomplished a lot, I thought, this season. And so I, I think it's, you know, thinking about Mike Leach this year, because it's, it's possible not to, considering he just passed away. Like, it's cool to see it done a different way, but still a little bit of his fingerprints with some of the air raid stuff that they do this year. Yeah, Josh, you know, I appreciate you mentioning Mike. I was, I was, uh, had a great relationship with Mike right. when he was here years and years ago. And then that, that shook everybody up. But man, I, I will say that I, I really appreciated Joey's hit every, the, the tone of how he handles so many different situations because college coaches, man, they're, they're CEOs of small corporations, right? And it's all about management and delegation and, you know, just being on all the time. There's so many things that come with it. And I just thought, Joey's handling of the Mike Leach stuff, as tricky as it was at Tech, was perfect uh, because at the time that it happened, uh, you know, during the bowl game with with the, the the first play and the delay of game, just the tip of the cap, and then the things that he said after the game, because people at Tech uh, love Mike and and loved everything that he was about, and he gave. He gave tech an identity, uh, Mike did. And it wasn't just the X's and O's and the air raid, but it was that was your identity. When you saw that double T, it's like, I know we're throwing for 500 yards. I know we're never out of a game. I know we're going to be relevant. We're going to a bowl game, the end. This is what you did around here for the better part of a decade. And and I think Joey has now, because what I hear you saying is, Joey's giving this program an identity now. They play hard. Uh, they they go for it on fourth down a lot. They're they're gonna be aggressive and they're not gonna be the most talented team in a lot of cases. But culture still wins in college football, and I think what Joey's been able to do is bring kids together, get them to buy in, and then just play really hard. Uh, and and it, guess what? It worked, and they improved as the year went along. And I mean, truth be told, there's probably kids on this team that they would prefer. Or, or that, that the staff knows, okay, these guys probably aren't going to play. They can't really help us. That they would love for, you know, every coach has got those some of those guys in the roster. They would prefer, right. okay, it would be better if you went to go play somewhere else where we could kind of upgrade the roster. You know how that game is played. And yet nobody really has left, really, for the most part, because they don't. They love the way they're treated. They love being a part of this deal. And so that that's worth mentioning as well. Yeah, and um, you know it's it's funny. The one thing like you'll never have to worry about with McGuire. Now it's, you know it's the opposite of it. But like he he nailed the coordinator hires as far as it looks so far. And the good news is, oh yeah, after one year they're gonna get get to, get to retain those guys. Now we're not out of the woods yet, right? We know how things change. We still have to deal with the NFL coaching cycle too. So we never know how stuff gets shaken up with that. But it feels like we're gonna be in the clear with Zach Hitley and Tim DeRuiter. And um, I, I will say this: like Texas Tech defense this year. Um, they'll give it up, but pretty good in the red zone, right? Like that's kind of the calling card. They they were they got the kind of red zone stops that they needed to get in, in this season. I thought they were, you know, they played a really good game um last night. And I, we'll talk some offense in a second, but that group, that is 
that's the swing group ultimately for tech in my opinion that is the group that will decide whether you and i are talking about them going to arlington next year and by the next year after that and i think it's it's pretty clear that they are trending in the right direction they did not feel like they were hopeless it felt like that team could bow up and make plays whenever they needed to and also i think playing a team kind of like lane kiffin's group helps you because if that team's going for it on fourth down and you like your guys to get crucial pivotal stops it kind of plays plays into to you know where they want to be in a certain way well f- for for you to play Ole Miss one of the top rushing offenses in the country because nice. those two backs they have are freaks yeah I mean yeah, Zach man. Evans and the Jets. we saw what Zach it. Evans did to them last year yes. right I mean he carved up tech last year absolutely they're the, those guys are just they're, they're fast they're freaks they the scheme highlights them for for Tim DeRuiter to be able to put that together without your best player in Tyree Wilson, one of your best, you know, without one of your best run support safeties who did enter the portal and Reggie Pearson's going to go to Oklahoma. Um, you had a few other, you know, hiccups with, with some, some backups that, that entered the portal and things like that. Uh, and then you, you, you roll out, I don't know, there's about four to five players that I could tell you their names that you, you they haven't probably played at all this season. And for that defensive line to do what they did for the most most of that game against those two running backs and that scheme, it, it says a lot about the guy that Tim is and just how hard those kids play. And the scary thing is for the rest of the Big 12 is that entire defensive line that was on display uh, against Ole Miss, they all come back, every single one of them. And, uh, you know, you, you're going to have to replace some linebackers, but most of your secondary returns. And so you're right. That set the tone, the physicality, because Ole Miss was trying to – bully you and punk you and they kept trying to, to do it and it, it not on this night I mean it just wasn't going to happen and they, they you know and, and you look at the stats and Ole Miss got some yards and and, and the longer the game went you know because uh, it was funny I was sitting there right by Joey at the end of the game when Loic Fungi he, he picks off the onside kick and he's running it back for a touchdown and he turns around and looks at Kitley Zach Kitley and he says I wish he'd have gone down and, uh, and, and, and because they didn't want to have to play defense anymore. Cause they, and, uh, and, and Zach says to him something to the effect of just enjoy it, man. Just, just try to enjoy it. I know that, you know, but it, it was just funny because they didn't want to have to keep sending their guys right. out there and let, he them. couldn't turn that coach brain off. Right? Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly right. And right. they had, a, they had a good laugh, uh, at the very end of the game, but, uh, yeah, really, really good defensive performance. And, and again, the bulk of that group does come back next year. Uh, and, and so the next guy we talk about is Tyler Shuck. Um, yeah. Performance was fantastic. This offense puts a lot on the quarterback. Um, I actually think it's one of the reasons why Bailey Zapp looked pretty good this year when he was playing in New England is like they put a lot of responsibility on the quarterback. I mean – and for yeah. Shuck, too, as much as he ran the ball, and some of it's calling his own number, but, like, you know, there's a lot of opportunities to run the football, and I, I want to get to whether or not that's the best thing in the world. But he was fantastic last night, and I always think about last year, uh, the folks at Bet Online before the 2021 season started had Shuck as a tie for the fifth best odds to be the number one pick. Now, a long shot, but that means that there is some value mm-hmm. because the guy has the physical tools, got the arm strength he's got some mobility and it was all on display last night um and he says and he's coming back massive massive now obviously the question remains like can he stay healthy 
but that's just huge to get a guy on the podium after winning a bowl game MVP on the significant first season for a coach, all this momentum to say, I want to come back and be part of this group. And I believe we're up to 14 starters returning now. Is that where they're at? Well, yeah, the, 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 they're almost their entire offense comes back. Right. I mean, every, everybody, in fact, everybody, but one offensive lineman and Sir Roderick Thompson all come back or can come back. Um, and then defensively, you're going to have to replace some linebackers and a few pieces in the secondary. And then obviously a guy like Tyree Wilson, but yeah, you don't uh, replace him. You just try to, oh, you try you, you, to, yeah, you try you to find a way to make up yeah, for it. But no, you yeah, you, you, you do not. But yeah, as far as Tyler goes, I, I don't want to talk in absolutes. I'm going to go off of what he said. I still think there maybe is a small conversation he will have and in, in considering the NFL because there's rumors about a combine invite already. I mean, I, he's a legitimate NFL prospect. I think that when he first transferred to Tech, I think people were like, whoa, really? I don't know if I, you know. Uh, but no, he's a legit NFL prospect yeah. because here, here's why. He's the measurables, check that box. He's 6'3, 220. He's one of the smartest guys you'll ever be around. So when he gets up on the board, if he wants to talk football with any NFL guy, he will ace every every test that they want to give him. And I think what people are seeing now is he's really a, a two-way guy in that he can use his legs. It's 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 pretty sneaky. And I think people have – he's been somewhat frustrated at how surprised people are about how successful he has been by running the ball. But the problem was is that – he got dinged up twice doing that and that's what knocked him out. And so it kind of, there's some, some give and take there, right? but we'll go off of his word and then he does, he is going to come back because, and again, I just say, what would it have looked like if he, if he plays all year? I, I think you probably win more than eight games. Okay. I just think that he's, he's that good. And I think he was a big reason why you won the last four because here's the thing, Josh, they're not very good on offense. And what I mean by that is, their offensive line is not very good. There's no, they, not, they've been pushed around at times this year. There's not and, a lot of speed yeah. at all. I mean, and I, I I credit Zach Kitley for squeezing water out of a rock at times, having to reinvent yourself as the weeks would go along based on who was your quarterback because you don't have receivers that get behind the defense. You, you can't really lean on your run game because you're not as great up front. Uh, you can't just drop back the whole time because your offensive line against the defensive lines in the Big 12 couldn't hold up and pass protect. So you're just kind of mixing and mashing and putting together some some things that the quarterbacks are comfortable with. And that's why there's been so much QB run game because it was the one thing that they felt like they had to do against Ole Miss because Ole Miss's scheme dictates that. They're going to drop eight in coverage a lot. They're playing cover three. There, there were things to be had, and they tried to major in it, and Tyler was the one that was like, let's do it. I mean, um, and he got hit a few times. I thought there was more targeting penalties that should have been called that weren't or were reviewed, however we want to phrase that. And I thought, oh, this is this may not end well. But he, he was tough. And, I mean, I, I, I thought if anybody deserved a moment on a podium with an MVP trophy for all that he'd been through, it was Tyler Shuck. Uh, and he deserved his moment. And – uh, if he if he's back, look out. Today's Locked On Big 12 podcast is brought to you all by the NHTSA. You're hanging out with your friends. You're putting a few back. A few becomes a few too many as the evening comes to an end and people start heading out, you think, for calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? Even so, what's the worst that can happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You kill someone. 
Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are often tragic and deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel when they are under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on the roads. So make sure you all drive sober or get pulled over. Call a ride if you all have had too many. Please do that this holiday season, especially on New Year's. Once again, drive sober or get pulled over. Yeah, the, the NFL conversation is interesting because there is the, I want to see, you know, if I'm an NFL personnel guy, I want to see him play a full season. Like, that's right. the knock on him. That, and that is, and because I think when you watch, we watch him play, it's like, I think we know how the, if you put more tape on film, how it ends up. And it probably ends up looking pretty good. Yeah, and here, here, here the, the the weird thing about the quarterbacks in the draft is there's a lot of quarterbacks that are electing to come back to school, and so it like the tweener types. So it is well, actually why would I fight for a roster spot when yes. I can play and make yes. some money? And and that's that's the good thing about NIL. I mean, it's you know it's it's what it's what's going to make college football, I think, a better product moving forward. Like, why would I go fight for a roster spot when I can play the game I love, get paid some money to do it? But for him, it's He's, you know, he's not Sam Hart. Like he's a much better prospect than Sam Hartman is. I've watched a ton of him. You know, he's a better NFL prospect than Sam Hartman is. Like yeah. just phys- physically, just with what he can do. The thing is, just it's the amount he's he's played. And I I do I do want to ask you about this. I've got some concerns about how much the running the, the quarterbacks have to run. And can can they do like how much of that this offseason can they fix to where it's not all on the quarterback? With well, because right? that's the big challenge, yeah. I think, for them offensively this offseason. As I many agree. points as they put up, they've got to fix that because it was a revolving door and you you can't live like that. They, they could live like that this year because that, that quarterback room is stacked. But Donovan's yeah, just they- gone. How does Baron Morton feel and all that stuff? Yeah, they, they they will always have a component of QB run game in here. I just think that's the Big 12, that's college football. But yeah. I, I think last night was a bit of an exception. 22 carries, of the, right? Yeah, because of the right. scheme and kind of what you were doing and all that. Uh, I, I think the amount of red zone opportunities you had, and they were more comfortable kind of putting it in Tyler's hands and and all that, letting him kind of run it. And then the amount of fourth downs they had. So there were, there were some reasons that, that why. But th- their offensive line will be much better next year. Um, I think Zach Kitley is going to bring in his starting center from Western Kentucky and Rusty Stotts. And the, the the Western Kentucky guard that they brought in last year that would have been a starter all year, he gets he gets hurt in July, has to have a minor surgery for his back, and he misses the whole year. And so he would have been a starter. So that's uh, I mean, th- yeah, their offensive line will look worlds different. At least the the thought is, and so that that part should be fixed, and they'll be faster uh, on offense. They're 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 trying to address some of that with recruiting and portal and all those things. But uh, I just I think it probably made Zach a lot better uh, coordinator this year in having to maneuver his way around all of these landmines and still finding success in one of the toughest leagues in the country. Uh, I think they were able to do that because they were fairly balanced. Uh, As I told you, they didn't have a lot of speed. Uh, They dealt with a lot of injuries, and yet they just kept figuring out ways to win because – all you need to know about Texas Tech football is they beat Iowa State scoring 14 points one week, and then they beat Oklahoma, I think, the next week scoring 55 points. And that that sums up what Texas Tech football was this year. Whatever we need to do, we can adapt and we will thrive, and, and we're going to play hard doing it. And I think that really kind of sums up their team and their season 
because it's not there's not a hardly other than Tyree Wilson, there's not a ton of NFL guys running around here right now. So uh, what's the what is the conversation now around Baron Morton, right? I mean, you know, he's he's what two years now with the program and yeah, he's got it all in front of him, uh, Josh. Right, I mean, he, but, like, yeah. what, does he want to wait his turn one more year if Tyler Shuck comes back? And I know Shuck's been injured, so it's like you're probably going right. to play some. Yeah, no, that, that's the thing. But, like, let's be, you let's be honest, you, you, you're going to need both of them. I Look, Bar- Barron grew up a Red Raider fan. Barron is a coach's right. kid. I can't sit here and tell you without a shadow of a doubt that Barron is for sure going to come back and be patient all that stuff. I just know this. Everybody around here will look him straight in the eye, and he knows this. Hey, if Tyler comes back, he may, in fact, be the starter. You'll more than likely play. But as soon as he leaves, the baton is yours. There's no doubt in anybody's mind uh, the baton is yours. And so, and then and you can you can have it for as long as you want to stay here because he's got three years left to play. You know, right. so um, – uh, and, and I think if you saw, if you saw the Texas Bowl – if, if they're both here, they're both going to be used. I didn't really believe a lot of this talk um, yeah. uh, about the, these multi-QB packages. Zach is extremely creative. Some of it worked against Ole Miss. Some of it didn't. But that will continue. And and I think if, if they're both here. Uh, but, yeah, you and I both know. I mean, look who played in the Big 12 championship game this year in TCU and Kansas State. Those are essentially two backup quarterbacks. Yeah. This is what it takes in this league. You can't get through the league with just one guy. We saw with Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. Correct. I mean, just awful, awful, because they had no quarterback depth. Yeah, and the teams yeah. that had the depth, guess what? I mean, like you said, two guys who were not QB1 to start the year end up being the guys there at the end of the season. And I wouldn't be surprised at all if if Tyler is indeed back, if you if you work that out through NIL stuff to right. ensure that you keep your both guys. I mean, because – uh, Texas Tech has done a really good job. They're not yeah. they're not crazy with some of the dollar figures. They're but they're to organized, which is they're, which is more than you can say for most most schools hey, at this point. They are extremely organized, and they were way out on the front end of being organized with it, and then trying to be fair. The culture meant a lot to Joey and and all that stuff. So I think that could potentially factor in. But we'll see what that looks like in the coming days, weeks, months, or whatever is is, is decisions have to be made and everything like that. So. Uh, because if you get those two guys back, I mean, I, I would I would venture a guess that is easily the best quarterback room in the Big Twelve. Yeah, I mean, because Barron Barron is a he's a dude. I mean, he has got you can tell when you watch uh, him, man. He's just he's got it. Just yep. and that's 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 the conversation though. Is like how much of an opportunity you know you know do you need? And then I think that comes the, the the one question I have, and this is kind of something I'm thinking about across the league here is like how much starting experience does a guy need? Because Spencer Sanders last year kind of got was a playmaker this year he was the team and they were thriving when he was the team yeah. right uh, a guy like a will howard was really bad <laughs> like really really bad and our our friend gay biker was like i think this guy should probably play tight end and comes out and and he wasn't wrong because will howard didn't look good and then guess what will howard says the game slowed down for me i mean it's, that's and i, I want a big and he, and he won a big tool championship right and it's like it's just yeah it's just different <laughs> yeah. it's like oh my god and so that's that's when i start wondering it's like all right is it time to get starting experience so it's a very interesting conversation to have but acquiring depth acquiring talent like that's how you win that's you know it's, it's not about just getting a layer of five stars right it's not how this works it's about getting a lot of guys who can play at, at every single position, yep. accumulating talent. That's why the top teams win a lot. And so, you know, as fun as one recruiting class is, like that's the next thing is stacking and stacking and stacking. And 
I know tech fans are let's let's just get to this now. The hype for next year. Um, I'm having a lot of con- I'm, I'm doing a review season review show, Chris, for every single Big 12 team and every single incoming Big 12 team. Haven't really had a positive, a whole lot of positive ones yet. Um, this team is gonna have a lot of juice going into next season. And you think about how the league has worked out. Last six or last three seasons, six different teams have played for a Big 12 championship. Texas Tech has not been one of them. And that's that is the thing is do they have what it takes? And we have a whole offseason to go. We have a spring <laughs> spring, spring season. We have the portal and whatnot. But I cannot fault tech fans for saying, why not us next year? Why can't it be us? Yeah, I think I, there's some stuff that needs to be fixed, but like, hey, go ahead and dream because y'all are going to feel a lot better than most of the fan base in this league going into the next year. Yeah, I, I think so. I, I wouldn't, you know, w- w- again, we, we don't ultimately know what, what everybody's right. going to have from a team and a coaching staff standpoint and your roster and all that stuff. But based on what we know right now is all we can go off of. I think Texas Tech fans have every right to feel like that they're that they're going to be in the mix there. Um, and, and Joey... And I because they're buying into the head coach and the head and the players buy into the head coach and the head coach says we're just getting started. You've seen nothing yet. Like we, we are here to win a championship, plural. And it almost like he speak, speaks it into existence, kind of thing. Because uh, you know, it never you never beat Texas and Oklahoma around here in the same year ever before that happened. You know, winning eight games in your first year when you were picked what ninth in the league. I mean, there was so much, so much naysaying, and then I just look at it from the standpoint of there wasn't a lot of natural talent that the next level wants. There's not a lot of people on your team that that would have started elsewhere, and yet you won eight games and you did it with three different starting quarterbacks that had semi different styles, and you you adapted, you throw, you know, all those things, and so I just. Uh, and, and, and again, they had some guys that could have gone the NFL uh, that, you know, like Tony Bradford and Jalen Hutchings and Rayshad Williams and Malik Dunlap, the two starting corners and the two defensive tackles. They could have lost all four of those guys, but all four of those guys said, nope, I want another year under under this head coach. And when you start seeing those announcements start to snowball a little bit, you're like, okay, this has a chance to be really, really fun uh, because you don't lose anything on offense hardly and you're going to add to it. They know they needed to get better up front. They know they needed to get faster. They're trying to address it. And so, you know, I, and I, I'm guessing TCU's roster is going to look vastly different uh, next year because right. if they – know, the, We know nothing about that roster at this point in time. I mean, we know who's leading, obviously. But, correct. you know, none of those guys have really declared anything yet because of the, yes. the playoffs. But, but it, it, based on the year that they've had, right. you know, and Max Duggan's going to leave and, and, and there's, you know – there, there's some rumors about some of their their coaches maybe taking other other jobs and things like that. Uh, so who knows what? But other than that, you have to like your situation as much as anybody else's. I'm not saying it's the best, uh, and there's some incomplete there on your situation along with everybody else's. But uh, tech, the, uh, all we need to say is this: there will be expectations on this Texas Tech program next year. Joey invites it. He 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 he's looking forward to that. Uh, because I, I think they recruited a top 25 class basically with no results on paper yet. They hadn't broken ground on a, on a new $200 million facility. He's basically just preaching beliefs and what we, we, we this is what we want to do. Now, everybody, here's what we, we can see. Here's the, the crane that's, that's going to build this new facility. 
here's our tangible success on the field. And here's what my players will tell you about me and my staff. And so you've got all that. So it, it, yeah, they're clearly pointing up. I don't know if it's big 12 championship contender next year or not, but I, I guarantee you that they're going to be in the mix there sooner than later for sure. Yeah. I mean, besides Kansas state and I think Texas and we'll, I mean, TCU's we have to wait and see, but I'd say K-State and, and Texas are the, the schools I feel really good about going next year. And Texas Tech's the next one, right? I mean, they finished top – like top half of the league was just not on my radar for them. You know, I, I thought they'd be a – and I loved how they were the benchmark for being good. I love the fact that they were – four. you know, the, the, they got – that Baylor game was such a disaster, uh, you know, for them. And that's the and only game, Josh. That's they the got only one that they, that they like, didn't play well or didn't show up. And it was because right. they turned it over five times. Five so times. it doesn't matter – who you play, where you play, and when you turn it over five times, it's not going to go well. Uh, but I love the way they came back the next week against TCU too. Like TCU, there, was just, there was inevitability with TCU this year, and then they're four and five. And guess what? I mean, now we're now we're talking a month and a half later, and they're they're eight and five. Eight and five. And, and yeah, that's, that, right. that's that's coaching. Like that is mm-hmm. that is coaching. What do you four and five late in the season? What's there left to play for? A whole lot apparently. And he did a great job. Great job with all of that. Uh, Chris, I know your title gets you out of here. It's also on to the hardwood for you on Saturday. I'm uh, forgetting. Yeah. They, they, who, who's Tech have this week? They uh, they are in Fort Worth. There won't be anybody at that game wearing purple because they're all going to be in Phoenix. They play uh, the Horn Frogs at 11 a.m. Saturday. Oh, my God. And uh, the football team will be playing at 3 p.m. So the basketball uh, game will be – so Tech kind of catches a break there uh, right. because it, it won't be some ruckus uh, – Anytime uh, you want to visit Fort, this is the time to visit Fort Worth. Right? Yeah, that's, that's right. That's right. But, but so. you're off the plane, and then two days later, you're onto the hardwood. And it's crazy because I feel like I feel like now the football schedule, and you can speak to this too. It, and I know you do basketball, so it's, it's there for you. But like, I mean, I, football is basically ending this week, and we're right into conference basketball because yeah. of signing day, because of the portal, all of this stuff. Like the football calendar, kind of organically. This is not like an NFL. We want to put free agency and schedule release here. It's just organically rolled, and then. The Big 12 is going to get our schedule release in February. So, like, football is not going to leave us alone for the next couple months, and then we're into basketball at the same time, too. I will tell you, for your listeners here, you will get that schedule in mid-January. Mid-January? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you heard it here. You heard it first? You heard that's, it first. What I'm, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm prepared to tell you. All right, Chris. Yeah, you, won't, uh, you will not have to wait till February to get it. Thank God. That's, that's, <laughs> that's good for schedule. Uh, all right, Chris, where can people find you and your work and all of its variety? Yeah, well, as you can see uh, on, on Twitter and everything like that, yeah, I'm on RedRaiderSports.com. Uh, we, we, me and Casey Cowan do uh, at Locked On Texas Tech. You can find us on Twitter there at Locked On Tech or, or search for us on YouTube. Uh, we, we started this thing at the late August and mm-hmm. have been riding the wave ever since. Uh, we've got over 2,000, I think, uh, subscribers on YouTube very quickly. Uh, the, the, the reception has been awesome. I, I thoroughly enjoy working with uh, Cowan on a daily basis. He's very good at what he does. And so, and, and I appreciate Josh, you having me on, uh, this deal so we could talk some red Raiders and, uh, and just big 12 in general, but, uh, that's where you can find us and me and Josh, you do a really good job on, uh, Sirius XM. Uh, those guys, I, I enjoy hopping on those shows when I can, but I uh, hope everybody out there has a happy new year, man. Chris, I got a lot of cactuses in my in my <laughs> in the replies and in the comments. So it's it's always good to talk to you. And actually, I did want to, I'll tell you one more thing. Did a video yesterday about Big Twelve. Or I did a video today about TCU and Michigan. And somebody said, "When is that Texas Tech recap video coming?" So <laughs> glad we could help the fans out, Chris. Absolutely. Appreciate your time as always, man. Appreciate you got it, brother. Yes, sir.